0: Today on The Wired Homeschool, I'm continuing my interview series with Paul Drake of Code Apprentice. Paul is a homeschool alumnus, software designer, and he's the founder and director of Code Apprentice, a program that provides high school students the skills and guidance they need to get a job in tech after graduation. That's coming up on The Wired Homeschool. Hello and welcome to The Wired Homeschool. I'm your host, John Wilkerson, bringing you tech tools and tips for homeschooling a digital generation. I'm so excited to bring this interview with Paul Drake from Code Apprentice. He got in touch with me. He was interested in sponsoring some podcasts, and so he's sponsoring this interview and the next three episodes, and I'm so glad to have him on board If you're a high school student or a parent of a high school student who is interested in a career in computers and technology, you probably know by now that learning how to code is important. Perhaps you've heard that the majority of tech companies will hire software developers who don't even have a college degree just as long as they have the skills. While there are many online resources that will teach you how to code, coding is still very challenging for most people, and it's hard to know. What are the right things to learn and the right steps to take to jump into an amazing career in tech after graduation? With Code Apprentice, students learn how to code online, but they're not learning on their own. Each student has a coding mentor, a professional software developer who can answer any question, guide the student as they learn, and work with them on assignments. Students who enroll learn the valuable skills that tech companies are looking for, build coding portfolio, and they're given resources and guidance they need to confidently pursue a career in tech after they graduate. Paul is a great example of a homeschool success story. I think you're really going to like this interview, and I'm really excited to present it to you. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Paul, you approached me and you mentioned Code Apprentice. So let's get right into it and just find... Just tell me, how did Code Apprentice get started?
1: So it actually got started about 12 years ago when I was in high school. I was a, uh, I was a homeschool kid that was in high school. I took co-op classes. And uh, I, I started to get interested in, in web design. I can't really remember where that started, or how that started. But I, um, I started trying to design websites and trying to learn on my own. And I had a family friend who was probably about 10 years older than me. Who was a professional web designer. His name was John McGinn. And John uh, was extremely influential in my life and gave me a lot of resources, gave me a lot of pointers, and kind of helped guide my learning experience as I was you know, figuring things out. At one point, I had a job at a grocery store, but I actually quit because I started doing freelance web design and development. And uh, I would be working for nonprofits building websites for them in high school. And uh, and after I graduated high school, I got a full time job as a web designer, and ever since then I've worked in tech. So when I say that Code Apprentice started 12 years ago, really the the idea for it or the inspiration for it came from that experience that I had being able to transition from high school into the job and you know into a full time job and into this industry quite seamlessly because somebody was willing to. Lend their time and invest in me because they they saw potential. So then, about a year ago, I contacted the local chamber of commerce. I'm I'm here in Charleston, South Carolina, and come to find out, the need for software developers, the need for talent, is a pretty is pretty big. So what we had in Charleston is a uh, is a huge deficit of qualified software developers. That's really something that's again that's nationally as well. So uh, I started working with them, and I kind of had this idea to pair. Professional developers with high school students who are learning how to code and they can mentor them as they learn And so we we partnered together to really develop this program. I I, I met up with my co-founder He's a professional software developer former high school teacher and uh, We did a, a pilot in a local high school um, In fact, one of our pilot students is now working at Boeing as a software development intern So it was very successful and then we expanded now in the fall, we're working with multiple high schools here in the area. And this spring, we're expanding into even more high schools. But more importantly, to me, especially as a homeschool alumni, I, I want to work with homeschool families and homeschool students, because I believe that they have a lot of potential. And there's just kind of the, uh, the initiative in homeschoolers to, to take something on like this. And so we're expanding now this spring into uh, to homeschoolers. So that's kind of the long short of it. 12 years in the making but we're uh, really trying to make this this same experience that I had trying to expand that and and give that to other students.
0: I'm glad you mentioned it, expanding into homeschoolers because often what happens what I've found with with online curriculum or with online programs is they've been doing something in public schools for years and they want to expand to homeschooling but they don't really understand how homeschooling works. They kind of just want to tack on. Oh yeah, we can do homeschoolers too. And I think the fact that you were homeschooled yourself is something that's that's definitely gonna be reflected in the, in the product. Uh, I even noticed on on your website that that you specifically say when you're uh, talking to the mentors, when people are asking and the FAQs about the mentors that it's U.S. based in a couple schools and homeschoolers. And, and I think that yeah. it's, it's really cool to see that right there on the page because usually that's buried somewhere.
1: I'm not bashful about being a homeschooler. I, I'm actually extremely proud of it uh, as an adult and uh, in, in working in the tech industry because I, I believe that homeschoolers uh, are very... Uh, very unique, and, and there's a certain personality that really takes to being homeschooled, and 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 there's a lot of initiative involved, and that is exactly the kind of aptitudes that really work well in tech. It's that curiosity, it's that ability to learn on your own, to figure things out on your own, to drive yourself. Um, and a lot of homeschoolers, due to the fact that there's there's so much to to learn, and they're not spoon fed, and and moms are having, and dads are having to figure out how to teach their kids there's a lot of initiative that is really developed in homeschoolers that I I really respect. And so yes, absolutely. We want to gear this towards them. And we, we do in a lot of ways um, make this very, we, we really try to market this to the students, but also the parents to show the parents that, Hey, we're also doing this for you as well. And we want to keep you in the loop and keep you informed of how your student is doing, because that's absolutely important that the parent is able to encourage the student as well, because, I had that with my parents, and they encouraged my pursuits, and they gave me the time to work on websites in high school. And I would not have the career that I have now if I didn't have all that free time to explore the interests that I wanted to do. And I personalized my education in high school, so that now I've been in the tech industry for twelve years, and I'm, I'm I love what I do, and I I can't I yeah you know, it's because of them.
0: I love hearing that. So if if a parent or student goes over there and checks out the site what are some of the coding languages that 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 students are going to learn when they go over there
1: so we we really break things down into semesters um and and that's due to the fact that we uh, you know we are working with schools but um, we we think about okay what is really a reasonable amount for a student to learn into in a semester and so we start off with html css and javascript and those are front-end languages. Um, but the reason why we do that is because I think one of the things that gets missed in coding education, uh, especially in high schools, is that they don't realize how important it is for people to click and interact with something. And especially when you're building something, for somebody to click and interact with what you've built is a really amazing feeling. And we try to get the students doing that as soon as possible. So HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, are the the foundations of front-end development, but they allow users or allow you know, these high school students to build things that other people can interact with. Starting the second semester, students are going to be learning Python, which is a back-end language, and, and, and other back-end fundamentals so they can understand how data is stored and how to access that data and start to create really an, an, an app that, when we say end-to-end, where there's data that's stored, and then they can present that data to users and users can edit and create new data but the end experience for a student going through this program over the course of a couple of semesters should they desire is to really become what we call a full stack developer so that they have end-to-end experience and they can be competent really in any job because they know what it takes to build an application from scratch and that's a highly sought after skill i was on the phone today with a um, one of the top technical recruiters in my area and I was talking to him about this and, and and because we we take a lot of time to understand what exactly our our company is hiring for and he was talking about full stack developers and it's just that so that's one of the things that we do as a part of the course of this curriculum in the first semester students really get to to, to work on front end and they're building projects every week to 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 hone their skills um, and and have something to show for what they do
0: So when I was over at the site, I'm looking at the pricing structure. And the section says online curriculum, free. And I was like, really? This is free? How (laughs) how can you afford to do this? So we are actually using open source curriculum
1: from a a few different places. And um, we created our own assignments for each week uh, to test what's being learned. And we had this big project that we created at the end but really, what we're offering isn't isn't curriculum. There's there's so many places that parents can find for their kids to learn coding for cheap or for free. So we're we're not. We're we're leveraging resources that we've used. We're creating assignments our own. It's a hodgepodge of things that we think uh, and we know that align with standards and that also align with the direction that we want to teach students and has worked for us. But really, what we offer is a personalized learning experience and is that relationship with a professional developer. Um, They're not, you know, students and parents are not paying for a curriculum. They're paying for an expert to work with their student. And and when I say expert, we have developers that work for Facebook, eBay, Capital One, Eventbrite, Thomson Reuters, Carfax. I mean, that's just to name a few. These are people that have been in the year industry for years and years to have experience teaching. Uh, they can answer any question. They can tailor the, need, the experience to the needs of the student. Um, and we give those mentors a lot of flexibility to do that. We give them the framework to work off of. But in some cases, mentors are able to expand the curriculum and give the students extra things based off of the student's aptitude and interest. So that's not something you can find many places. And that's one of the reasons why we know that what we're providing is really valuable because for any student or parent that's really serious about going into tech, we believe this is the best possible way to do it. Um, and, and, and that's what's so cool is that we have, we've been able to find people who are incredibly valuable uh, as, in terms of their character and their expertise to work with these students. So that's, that's really what we're offering in the end. And the curriculum is just a vehicle for that student to learn. But anyone who wants to use our curriculum, do the assignments, you can absolutely do so. Um, the, additionally, what we also provide is reporting on those assignments but that's something we provide to the parents if they so choose, and the mentor is the one that's able to assign the grades and uh, and provide feedback to the student as they go through in those reports to the parent.
0: Mentorship is is very important. I think it's something that is not done enough. We don't see apprenticeships like like we used to in the past. Kids are going off to school. They get a four year degree. They're one hundred and twenty to two hundred thousand dollars in debt. And then they're told to go find a job. Uh, so I think what you're doing with the mentorship is is extremely important. How You talked about it a little bit that, that, that you had a mentor when yeah. you were homeschooled. How did your mentor help you make a career choice? He was cool.
1: <laughs> he was somebody I looked <laughs> up to. Yeah. I mean, that's first and foremost. There's that relationship that I had with him. And, and uh, he was probably one of the funniest dudes. Still is. One of the funniest dudes I've ever known. So it was that instant connection. We had things in common. And he uh, he was really successful at what he did. And he was always finding new things and would send them my way. And I didn't really feel like a kid. I felt like I was more of a peer. And that's a really important thing to understand about tech is that tech is a large community of people that care about each other. And they want to help other people learn. And so when we have mentors like that, when you're a high school student and you're figuring things out and you have somebody that takes an interest in you and that cares about your success, that, that goes a long way. And that was exactly what I had. So it kind of came naturally for me to, to follow in his footsteps. In fact, I, uh, I moved to where I am because he asked me to come down and help him with his agency when he started a design agency. And I worked with him for a few months just to help him get started and then got a full-time job as a, uh, at, a at a software company here in Charleston. So what, you know, when I say that relationship, one other thing I want to note about these mentorships is we don't just match students and mentors willy-nilly. We take time to understand who the student is, who that mentor is, and, and are there things that they have in common that would give them that instant connection? So one thing I'd like to do, you know, one story I'd like to, to share from this semester, one of one of, my, um, one of my favorite students that we have um, is just extremely um, extremely engaged, and you can tell that he just gets it. He's really excited about coding. Um, he was actually considering a career in electrical engineering, and one of the things that we knew about our mentors and one of the mentors is that he actually went to school for electrical engineering and then decided that software programming was something he was more interested in and pivoted in his life and went into that instead. So there's that instant connection they had from a personality perspective, but also this was somebody that had been down the road that that student was about to embark on and could give him advice and say, maybe you should consider computer science instead. So these are people that often act as career and guidance counselors as well, just because we try to find people that have those commonalities that can be of most value to the student.
0: Yeah. And that's something that sometimes a, a homeschooler won't get is, is that guidance counselor, is that person to say, hey, I know you're thinking about doing this or, or someone besides the parent to unload on about something. And, and I think that a mentor like this would be, would be uh, very helpful to, to homeschool students. How many students are assigned to a mentor?
1: Right now it's just one-to-one and oh, wow. um, it's, it is a personalized learning experience. There's really not, many or anything like this that I that I know of um, and and we know that's not necessarily scalable I will go until we we run out of developers but I I really think that that there is a and I don't think there is a huge need for software development talent out there and we want to we really want to invest in this next generation uh, by providing them the best possible opportunity so Um, there may be some scenarios where we have a mentor that says, we, I really want to have multiple take on multiple students and that will evaluate, but for the the most part at this time, it's one-to-one.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. And if someone out there is listening and says, Hey, I'm working in the tech industry. I I do coding. I want to be a mentor. How can someone become a mentor over at Code Apprentice?
1: It's, uh, it's really easy. Um, and, and, and when I say that it's, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a pretty clear process that we, we take you through. So go to our website, codeapprentice.tech, uh, look for the four mentors option, fill out the form below, uh, we'll reach out to you and talk to you. And we do a phone interview to understand and get to know you better. Um, we do look up your GitHub profile. We will, you know, make sure you have the qualifications, make sure you have the experience And then we pay for a background check for all of our mentors. And this is a really extensive background check, but we do this because we want parents and schools to know that we're doing the best that we can to ensure that these are the quality people. And then we, uh, once we have that, once we get a little bit more information from you, we'll, um, we'll let you know, you know, I I don't promise that every mentor is going to have a student for every mentor. In fact, there are a lot of mentors that do not have students uh, right now because we we really want to find the best possible match. And if we can't find that, or if there are no students who who match with you in the way that we like, it may not be the right opportunity right now. But we, we keep looking because we want a really good match. We really want that there to be you as a mentor to get value out of it and for any student for them to get value out of it as well. So um, that's that's kind of the process that they go through. Again, it's very easy. We try to make uh, mentorship very streamlined for the mentors because we know these are professional software developers, and uh, I know them. They don't have much time. They got side projects. They're um, they're busy people, and their time is really valuable. So we make this as easy as possible on them to get started.
0: So you mentioned you got started coding in in high school. What drew you, what was it that that drew you to wanting to to code websites and things like that?
1: So I started really visual. Um, my dad was a graphic designer. And graphic design and, and software design are actually two very different things. Um, and graphic design is more visual and artsy. And so I was somewhat inspired by him. Um, and he would do a lot of print materials. And so I, I kind of wanted to do that for the web. In fact, for a while, I would technically paint this picture of a website, what it would look like, and then ship it off to some company. And they would do all the development work for me um ironically that was a company that my my co- you know my co-founder my mentor John this was something that he recommended to me oh yeah you guys send it off here but pretty soon i realized that that got really expensive and i was you know i would get these checks for the work that i would do and the majority of it would go to development costs and so i learned a little bit on my own i learned enough to be somewhat uh, proficient at building websites from scratch, but I really didn't uh, I didn't become very, very proficient until I worked at my first full-time, uh, no, my second full-time job at a software company because my primary trade, while I am very proficient as a developer, my primary trade is, is what they call UI, UX, it's user experience design, so it's software design. So when I was working at the second software company, I did a stint in their marketing department and they had nobody who could do the website and any of the interactive marketing materials that they, they wanted. And so I, they were going to outsource the work. And I said, don't do that. I'll do it for you. And really, that's when I filled out the rest of my skill set as a developer and, and learned and pretty much mastered front-end development. Now, am I proficient in the, as a full-stack developer? No. But that is my co-founder. He is more of the technical side of things. And I really focus more on experience. And that's one of the things that I think I've, has been really fun is working with him. And I can focus on the experience of Code Apprentice and what you, you know what students go through and what are the different steps that they have to take. And, and we can focus on that from almost like designing the experience. And then he designs the software that and builds the software that we use to, uh, to run this, uh, our own proprietary software
0: were you homeschooled the, all, all of your, uh, all during primary school or was it one of those things where your parents started you homeschooling and then, then took you out or, or you started in public school and your parents took you out of public school? <laughs> how, how did that work for, for, for your family?
1: My mom is OG homeschooler. We're talking er, early 1980s. My brother, uh, was, she homeschooled my brother and, uh, He is the only blight on on the record in our family because he went to high school. (laughs) (laughs) He went to high school because he wanted to play football. But other than that, of the four boys, the other three of us, all the way through, we were homeschooled. Although, as I mentioned in the beginning, we had co-op classes in high school. Man, I had a great group of fans. These are kids that were really competitive, um, really smart, and I I just... um, they really loved learning. So there was a really fun atmosphere. So we, you know, we'd pay. This was in Boone, North Carolina. We had new professors from Appalachian State teaching classes in high school. So I, I had a, just an incredible experience for the things that my mom could not teach me. Although she was an elementary education teacher prior to getting her MRS degree. So I, when she taught us up until high school, I was, I was extraordinary. But when she couldn't teach us things, we either did stuff online or we did these co-op classes. And I, I was very blessed to have that experience.
0: Great. Yeah. How did homeschooling prepare you to be an entrepreneur?
1: I'm still getting used to the term entrepreneur as far as something I call myself. Although, to be honest, growing up, you, you know, I would do websites and I would do... Um, we had little businesses, but I never considered myself an entrepreneur just because I was having fun and I was just doing things that were interesting to me. And so it just didn't make sense to call myself an entrepreneur. You kind of think of like a Steve Jobs or, you know, or a, I don't know, one of those, somebody like, you know, who has a bunch of businesses as an entrepreneur. But the best thing about homeschooling, and, and I, maybe I can't speak for everyone's experience, but in my experience, it was the ability to talk and communicate with people, not just in my age cohort. And, and why that's so important Is because when you get into the job force and when you get, even with the stuff we're doing now with Code Apprentice, you're talking to people that are in the school district and then, you know, administrators in the school district. And then now the next minute I'm talking to high school students. The company I work for, because we have, I work full-time on, you know, so Code Apprentice is, it's my life is really full-time work and Code Apprentice. At my day job, I'm communicating with executives and I'm communicating with other software developers and people on my team. I don't feel uncomfortable with that because in my homeschool experience, I was talking to parents, I was talking to my friends, I was talking to the younger siblings, I was relating to them, and you get such a well-rounded experience talking and communicating with other people, which I think is the irony about homeschooling is that, well, you only hang out with your family. No, it's, it's really up to the temperament of the family, but in homeschooling, it's about being with other families and relating to anyone of any age in those families. And, and that was at least in my experience. And so that has been one of the greatest assets to me in my entire career is just that well-roundedness and being able to talk and communicate with anybody.
0: So you mentioned on Code Apprentice that coding can benefit local communities. What are some of the ways that coding benefits our local communities?
1: Man, this is something I'm really passionate about because when I say coding, I really mean tech,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and careers in tech are are very sought after. The professionals and qualified developers are really valuable, and they're rare. And there's a a and there's a statistic I quote on on the website that in the next two years there's going to be a million job openings for software developers. And, um, and so, what these people bring and what tech brings to uh, local communities is not just in a um, not just an economic benefit, but really a, a there is a huge draw for really talented, really intelligent people that they they bring. Um, one of the things that that really started the tech community in Charleston was a tech company that decided to move here called Blackbot Years and years ago, Blackbot does software for. Uh, Nonprofits. And what that did was they brought in a lot of incredibly talented, incredibly innovative people who then dispersed into the local economy and, and started creating businesses of their own. And it spawned an entire industry here. And so when I talk to developers about becoming a part of Code Apprentice and, and helping communities, really, I'm talking about these small communities where they're still trying to grow and become a thriving tech hub. They're not a San Francisco, they're not New York City, they're not Boston or Chicago or these larger metropolitan areas. They're still trying to grow. And while we have these these fledgling communities like Charleston, there's such a huge need for developers so What these communities are struggling with and what the Chamber of Commerce communicated to me, and I talked to uh, the Chamber of Commerce in Raleigh the other day, Raleigh, North Carolina. They, too, have huge needs for talent, and they are continuing to find it's very difficult to develop talent locally and to develop it in schools or to develop it with the local community. And when you get involved in tech and when you get a job in tech, you're not just helping grow your local community through you know, economically because of all the startups that could spin off or all of the money that could be poured in through investment. You're also changing your life and you potentially can change the life of millions of people through the products you build. At the job that I currently have, it's a software company for healthcare administrators. And what we do is we provide tools for healthcare administrators at some of the biggest and best hospitals in the nation, audit the process of care so that patients have better quality outcomes. And I know that sounds a little ambiguous, but at the end of the day, the software I work on saves people's lives. Mm-hmm. And that is so incredible and is such an, a, it's, it's such an incredible thing to be a part of. So long rambling thing to say this. Tech changes people's lives who are part of it because it gets them a part of a mission and creating something of incredible value that can scale. Tech brings a lot of incredibly talented, intelligent people into communities that are innovative and that eventually will spin off to create their own companies because that's just how tech works. People are incredibly creative, and that brings more and more resources to the area. But the thing about tech that's also amazing is that people can work remotely as well. And so you don't have to be working in a community that is growing in tech. You can gain these skills and apply for remote jobs and work from your home in your pajamas and still be making a difference on the world. So that's there's just so many amazing things about tech. And people get involved as mentors are investing in the growth of communities outside of these larger metropolitan areas or these large tech hubs that we hear about.
0: What made you decide, Paul, to move to do to do your job instead of working remotely from from where you were? Was that either was that not an option? Was that offered to you? Or did you say, you know, I, I want to live in the community where I'm working?
1: I made my decision solely based off of an aptitude test that I took that really made it clear that I do my best work when I'm with and around people. Not everyone is like that. So you have to first understand yourself and understand what are the conditions that you need to be successful in a job. I happened to live in Charleston. I moved here because I followed my, my mentor. I followed John down here and helped him start his agency. And there was already a tech community here. But I don't personally think I would take a remote job just because I so thoroughly enjoy being around people. Um, but again, it's about knowing who you are, knowing what you, how, what are the conditions that you need to do your best work. And if you're someone who likes to be by yourself and likes a little bit of alone time, there are many, many, many tech jobs out there that allow you to do that. And, uh, and, 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 and they, they give you the autonomy to work and, and trust you to work on your own as long as you have the skills and can get your work done.
0: Yeah, remote work offers a lot of flexibility and one of the nice things about an an online curriculum like like what you're providing is it actually it's a way for the student to find out if remote work will will work for them if if that's something that they can do because they're at home, they're doing their coursework, they're not surrounded by by any other I mean they might be surrounded by siblings if they're homeschooled but but they really need to know. Okay, I have an assignment. I need to get this done. It it teaches them the time management. It teaches them all those things that you need when you're working remotely and when you're working in an office. But it also it it'll help them and guide them and direct them as far as that as far as that aptitude is concerned.
1: Well, and I I will point out this too that just because I work in an office with other people currently in my day job, doesn't mean that I'm not interacting with people. Every single day, who work remote, right. so you gain that ability to communicate with people. And 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 I will add because I'm not sure I've mentioned this already. These mentorships they're virtual. So what we do is we 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 recruit mentors from all over the U.S. Um, and they could be in California, they could be in New York, they could be all over. You get a chance to interact with them and uh, over video chat, and we use Slack, which is a very popular application that people in tech like to use for tech or for messaging and for video chats. We use that as a way of connecting you as a student and the uh, and the mentor, and so the you're getting a sense for what that's like to work with somebody remotely to share your screen, to have them comment on your work, to have them go back and forth with you. That's something that you working in tech are. I guarantee, if you work in tech, you're going to encounter that. So it's getting that experience ahead of time.
0: Now, I I do have some international listeners, and they might be listening, thinking, "Wow, I'd like to have something like this." But right now, you're only doing it for U.S. based students and mentors, and I imagine it's be- because time zones can be difficult. Yeah, and, and 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 I would also imagine that if you were going to expand outside the U.S., you would want People in those countries that, that could mentor them. Do you have plans to expand or what are your plans along those lines?
1: There's, there's so much of a need here in the US that I, I, I haven't really turned my focus towards that. I mean, that may be a long term vision, but um, my heart is really here in the US. Um, I know my co founder and I feel really strongly, and we keep talking about this ideal of this student in rural Iowa or somewhere whether that be a homeschool student or they're working with a partner school that we're working with. And they have no prior understanding or or experience with coding, but they're offered this opportunity. They take up this opportunity. They go through our program and we gave them the resources, the mentorship and the education, and then they go on to having a job in tech, whereas they would have zero understanding of that before. And it's that idea of kind of decentralizing the, the tech industry from larger metropolitan areas into the smaller areas that may not have that exposure and providing those opportunities for students who really have the aptitude and interest, but not the opportunities. So um, that's that's really our, our our mission, and that's where we're heading, and and that's what we like to accomplish. And if somehow the international you know scene, if there's a need for this, we'll address it. But again, this is really something we want to provide for the U.S. because we feel passionately about those students in those areas. And we're looking, you know, that's why we do this remote. That's why if anyone's listening, that you're in an area that may not have a growing tech scene or may not have a tech scene, you can still learn how to code. You can still become very proficient where you are and work with somebody who may be in San Francisco, working for some of the top tech companies in the area, and they've decided they're going to invest their time into you and your student. That's, that's pretty cool. And that's, that's something that we really tapped into with the tech industry is this, this kind of mission that everyone wants to help everybody else, no matter where they are in the U S.
0: Well, Paul, it's very, it's very clear that, that you're passionate about this. If students, parents, potential mentors want to find out more information about code apprentice uh where can they where can they check out the program
1: go to our website uh www.codeapprentice.tech that's dot t-e-c-h and uh and we've got a few ways you can fill out forms Uh, there's a big orange get started button um you know obviously getting started doesn't mean you're 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 paying for it right away just a chance for us to get to know you answer any questions you have Uh, i personally will be calling you so if you fill out that form you're gonna be be talking to me and uh and we'll be uh you know we'll we'll kind of answer any questions you have about the program any concerns any 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 thoughts we'll we'll be there and we want to make sure that you understand what we're offering and that this might be a good fit for you or this is absolutely a good fit for you and, uh, and if you're a student that's interested in this, um, you know, you can also just, if you just have any questions or you're not sure you want to, you know, officially get started or, you know, just shoot an e- email to info at codeapprentice.tech. Really, anyone who's listening, um, I'll also respond to that as well. We, we certainly um, are passionate about what we do. We're passionate about this opportunity we can extend to homeschool audiences, and, and I I, I am very, um, again, I'm very passionate about homeschoolers. And I would I, I love to see homeschoolers leading the way and, and really addressing that need and meeting the need of the industry, the tech industry, and becoming really qualified developers. Um, I know homeschoolers have a certain amount of tenacity and curiosity that is just absolutely the right fit for tech. So um, we want to see more and more people get involved. And if this is something that you're interested in, we'd love to talk to you.
0: Well, Paul, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Once again, I want to thank Paul for coming on the podcast. This was a great interview. And I also want to thank Code Apprentice for sponsoring this episode and the next three episodes. It's really very helpful uh, knowing the situation with my health that I'm going into that I've got a little bit of extra income to help out with some of the medical bills. And so this has been a really great help. All right. So here's the deal. They have extended, Code Apprentice has, a coupon code or a discount for listeners of this podcast. If you go to codeapprentice.tech wiredhs, register and let them know that I was the one who referred you, you will receive $120 off your first semester of mentorship. Now, the coding curriculum is free. It's the mentorship that you're paying for. It is so valuable to have someone that can help you and guide you and teach you someone who is working in tech to help you. So, I hope you'll take advantage of this generous offer that they're providing to the listeners of the podcast. You'll be hearing more about this discount in episodes to come as the, as I mentioned their sponsorship. So please, take advantage of this if you have a high schooler that is interested in coding. That's codeapprentice.tech wiredhs Let them know I sent you, and receive a $120 discount off your first semester. Well, that is going to do it for this week. Again, I cannot thank Paul enough for this interview, and I can't thank all of you enough for listening. Remember that I'm here to help you. I've got one more interview coming up that's going to have to do with preparing your tech for your kids. If you're buying any tech for your kids, that's going to be on the 30th, and then I'm going to roll into some pre-recorded stuff, and then I'm thinking maybe in January, I will have another interview for you. You can find the link to Code Apprentice and additional show notes over at thewiredhomeschool.com slash two three six and you can get those show notes and remember that the wired homeschool is a proud member of the tech podcast network for more family-friendly tech podcasts please visit techpodcasts.com and that the music that you hear in this podcast is provided by kevin mcleod over at incomptech.com. thanks for listening thanks for sticking me in your ears now let's go out there and get your homeschools wired